Okay, do you guys know what my dream is for this community? Do you guys want to know what my dream is for this community? Because it could be... Yeah? Yes, oh, please. thank you, Riley. That's what I was waiting for. Because um, it could be so many things, right? Like this community could go in so many different directions. Like it totally could. It could just be like every single week, give me a healing testimony. We all, all we talk about is healing. We just uplift healing, uplift, uplift healing. That's all we really want to talk about. And it's just like, that's, that's the main thing. And like this, this group becomes about basically healing and manifestations and supernatural and spiritual gifts and all that sort of stuff. Like we could totally go that way. There are other groups out there that go that way. Or it could all be about like, Oh, Nath preaches like perfect on point theology every single way. It's just perfect. I just love how every little detail is just covered and it's just all about, we're almost like we're worshiping, upholding this perfect right theology. Do you guys see what I mean? Like you, can, you can totally go different ways with a group like this, but my dream, my heart, my desire, my fantasy, if you could say that for this group, is that there is like when you walk in, it's actually like, you know, the Bible calls like the, the, the church, the family of God. It actually feels like that. Mm. That is my, like, I will, I will cry about that because <laughs> I really, really want that to happen. I really, 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 really want every single person in this room to be valued and uplifted and upheld yeah. and so taken care of. And so not like, oh, that's awkward talking to that person or it's so like, oh, I didn't touch them last week, I should have. And it's just like all these things that just get in the way of like loving people, like just loving people, valuing people and just building them up. Like if, that, if that's what this community, community was, like genuinely, I would die a happy man <laughs> because you can't get that without God. You can basically get every single other thing, like every single other church group manifestation, you can get by kind of faking it or emphasizing this, emphasizing that or certain language or certain beliefs and values, but you can't get genu genuine love in a community like this without God being a reality and a presence in this room. Does that make sense? It's like the one thing you can't fake. Like I was preaching at Jules Church last night and he got up afterwards and he was like, I, God just gave me this word, love is the one thing you can't fake. Wow. It actually has to be from God or it's not love. You know what I mean? Because he is love. His, his very presence, his very character, the core center and being of who he is. This is what I preached on last week. If you guys didn't hear this, please go listen to it because it'll make tonight make heaps more sense. He is love. And this, this community can't love each other without him being there. It even goes on to say, <clears throat> which I'll preach on tonight, but 1 John 4 talks about if you claim to know God, but you don't love your brother, you're, you're a liar. It's, it's, the, it's impossible for you to know God intimately in relationship, be walking with him and you not to love other people in this room. Mm. Impossible. You are a liar. Pretty hectic, hey? Mm. <laughs> when the Bible calls you a liar. <laughs> anyway, let's keep moving. But that's what it says. And so I want to, I really want to uplift that. Um, yeah. Like my heart would be that you would walk into this room and that each person in this room puts every other person before themselves. And their thoughts that are going on in their mind aren't about themselves, but about how can I bless this? How can I bless these people? How can I pray for people? How can I, whatever? How can I just go up and say, "Hey, how was your date?" And then just slow down and just listen to what they say. Like that's love. Like that's you genuinely care about them and their day. That's what I want. That's my that's my cry. I, everything else, all other crazy manifestations and all that sort of stuff, all other right perfect theology and worship and all these other things that may potentially distract us. I want all them. Trust me, I want 
every single thing that God has for us, but I want them underneath love. Like love has to be the, the, the primary goal and drive of this community group or like I'm not stoked. <laughs> Seriously, because everything else like is good, but love's the best. Like love never ends, love never fails, right? Love just goes on and on and on. You're gonna be doing it for the rest of eternity. You guys know what I'm saying? Awesome. <sighs> okay, you know how you want, like, in your relationship with God, you want certain things, right? Like, oh, I really want this, or I really want that. And my answer whenever people ask about that is always, just pursue God and those things will come. Like, the goodness and mercy will follow you, right? Well, it's the same thing for church. So tonight, specifically, I'm talking about church. Last week, I was talking about uh, your relationship with God. This, tonight, the focus is on one another. Does that make sense? So it's not specifically about your relationship with God. It's actually how that relationship with God manifests itself. Because I'm always talking about relationship with God, but I'm not talking about it specifically tonight as in when you go and hang out with Him. I'm talking about when specifically tonight when you gather together with other Christians for the purpose of meeting for the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? That's the context of tonight. Because my the, the, the main thing I want to say is for tonight is that our highest priority as we gather is to love one another. Highest priority when you walk in this room. It's not what, what work can I receive tonight? I'm feeling so discouraged, I'm feeling so let down. I need some help. That's fine if you're in that place. But the, the place you need to be in is getting out of yourself. Because you can be in a crap place, but still be loving other people. And I, don't want to, I don't want that to feel like a, like a burden because like, I get that it kind of can. It's like, oh, I'm in such a dry place right now. I just need some help. But that sometimes you watch, your mind can go just like the language in your mind is all about you. Do you know what I mean? It's actually this trap. Like, yeah, yes, you are in a really crap place. I understand that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing or whatever. But getting out of your head is probably the best thing for you. Yeah. And do you know how you do that? You just love other people. Yeah. Talk to them, value them, listen to them. I'm probably going to do a teaching night just on listening because this culture does not listen to people. Like I've, I've, I've had very few conversations in my life where the person I'm talking to is looking at me face to face. They're locked eyes on me and every single word I say, they're listening to. Wow. I've had very, very few conversations, even with Christians, to be honest. They're listening to every single word I say and it feels like I'm the only person in the room. That's how much they're valuing me and loving me. But that's what all of us should be walking and living like. But how rare is that? Do you know what I mean? Like, I honestly really struggle with this. Like, I'm talking to people, my mind's elsewhere. I don't want it to be, but sometimes it just is. <laughs> but what I want to be is so dialed into you and who you are and seeing God's glory in you and, and his, his identity in you that I'm just fascinated by what's going on in your life. Like, I'm so connected to you because you're my brother, you're my sister. Like, I really, really, really want to know what's going on in your life because I really care about you. That's where I want to be. And you'll, you'll never see a community do that except by the love of God because that's what the love of God looks like. Every other version of love out in the world is a cheap, counterfeit version of that love. It has elements of it. Like, you can go out in the world and find an amazing, nice, loving community, but at, usually at the core of it, there is self-motivation behind it. Usually, like I'm not saying that as a blanket statement, but usually there's just like uh, politeness. You know what I mean? Like, I, like you, people are very polite to you, very gentle to you, very uplifting, very, very nice and fluffy. And like a lot of language like this is, is being spoken these days, like especially on social media, like you don't want to say anything bad or like you could be shut down. <laughs> so the language becomes really just like 
oh good on you yes amazing oh bless so good jesus like you know what i mean and it's like <laughs> it becomes this like almost sort of fake fluffy thing i'm not talking about that i'm talking about i care about you so much that when you're hurting i hurt so much more does that make sense like genuine real genuine real love i want that so bad and i really want to be an example of that to you guys and i, I apologize in advance when i when i'm not that you are. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I, I, I truly do. I, when I have conversations with you, if, if I've ever just like zoned out or looked away or whatever, I, I'm sorry. Like, you're so much, you're, you're worth so much more than that. And God doesn't treat you like that. I remember I, he I heard this story from um, Chris Valentin. He's a teacher at um, Bethel. And um, God woke him up in the middle of the night. And he, he said to him, Chris, you're not present. And Chris was like, what does that mean, God? And God was like, you're not present. And he goes, okay, can you explain yourself a bit more? And he goes, I have set up for you encounter after encounter that I want you to walk in, but because you're not present with people, you can't walk in them. Wow. Like he, he would, he, and then he started to reflect on conversations he had with people and time he spent with people and how he was nodding and saying, yeah, so good, awesome, wow, Jesus, praise God. But in his mind was just like 2,000 miles away thinking about what's for lunch. Do you know what I mean? And then he started reflecting on this guy that he met and this guy, I can't remember his name, but this guy was so impacting on him because this guy had never, never had a bad word to say about anyone. And every time he spoke to him, he just looked you in the eyes, just like I was saying before, right? Looked you in the eyes, listened to every word that you said, and then just genuinely cared about you. And you felt like you were the only person in the room. And Chris was just taken away by that. Just so, so simple. Like, it's not hard. But we just get so caught up in us, in like our own thoughts, in our own life. We just don't care about others sometimes. And it breaks me because that's, that's the main thing of the church. Like, Jesus goes, when you love one another, that's when the world will know that you're my disciples. That's what Jesus says. When, when, you, when you guys finally figure out how to love one another, and one another means brothers and sisters, in the church, as you gather, when you learn to love one another, not even to love the people out in the world, when you learn to love one another, when you as a, like a ragtag bunch of people that have nothing really in common except for the name of Jesus, when you learn to love one another, the world's going to see that and go, that's different. I've never seen that before. And go, they must be followers of Jesus. Mm. You guys know that the word Christian, the term Christian, was actually a title given to the, the, to the, um, the, Christ, the Christians in the book of Acts. Like they were named Christians. Does that make sense? They were called Christians because of how they lived. They By didn't go, people. hey, we're Christians. Say again. By other people. Yeah, other people. Oh, okay. Sorry if I yeah. missed that. Yeah. But like as in because of the way they were living and what they were valuing, people had to make a, make a term for them. Wow. You know what I mean? That was so yeah. impacting on the world around them. They were like, these Christians over here. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it says in the book of Acts. They were, they were first called Christians here. It's crazy. Anyway, you guys following? Yeah, it's good. Jesus. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just, I want this community just to protect, like I want everyone here to protect the other person. I want everyone here to seek the best for the other person. I want everyone here to pray for the other people. And not just say praying for you, bro. Genuinely. Send them a text and say, hey man, Holy Spirit just put you on my heart. Like, I hope you're going well. Love you, bro. Have a great day. It's so simple. It doesn't have to be like 
take everyone out for coffee. That's going to take 2,000 years to do that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Just like simple little things, like genuine care for people. Like that's, that's what's going to change the world is love. Amen. Love, nothing, nothing else. The purpose of your identity, the purpose of what God has called you into. Like we can, we can talk about identity and all these amazing things that like righteousness, all that sort of stuff, right? The purpose of it is that you might love one another and love God. And sometimes the church is like the last group to love themselves. How many, how many arguments and discussions and things that go on, church divisions, denominations go on all around the world. Even within my, within my own group of friends, I hate it. There's such division. There's such like, like we just don't love one another. I just want to love one another. <laughs> it's just so simple, but it's, it's, it's like step one and we don't do it. It's like, now nah, let's just move on to step two, spiritual gifts. I love spiritual gifts. Let's talk about spiritual gifts for oh, ages. Paul goes, no, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. Then he goes into 1 Corinthians 13. After you've just done this whole chapter on spiritual gifts, he goes, I will show you a more excellent way than spiritual gifts. And then he talks about love for a whole chapter. There is a more excellent way than spiritual gifts, power, manifestations, and healing testimonies. It's called love. And it says, I preached on this last night, but in that chapter it goes, um, if, I can, if I have faith to move all mountains, if I have all power and all prophetic wisdom and knowledge and I lay my life down at the altar, if I don't do it out of love, I'm nothing. Just a waste of time. It looks so good. It looks so holy. It looks so right. It looks so Jesus. It looks so incredible. Kingdom of God. Wow. Praise God. But without love, nothing. That's what God says. Nothing. Waste of time. Waste of life. What are you doing? You did it to build up yourself. <laughs> I don't want that for this community. I do not want that. It's such a trap. It's such a trap. <sighs> okay. All right, here's my movie review of the week. I realize I've been doing like a, mo a different movie every single week, so I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> um, who's seen The Book of Eli? Yeah. Anyone seen that? Denzel Washington. All right, this one's not... Sorry? Who said that? Who said that? Jax. Jax, what did you say? I said Denzel. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Glad I'm glad I stopped for that comment. Denzel, yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> all right, so the book of Eli, right? Hopefully I'm not going to spoil it. I'll just give you the, the basic plot, right? There's this guy, he's been spoken to by God and he's been given, it's in a post-apocalyptic uh, world, right? So there's been like a, a plague and everyone's died and there's like horrible things going on. Um, he's got the last Bible on earth and Denzel, uh, not Denzel, Eli's been spoken to by God saying, walk west and deliver this Bible to where I say. And so he's been walking for 31 years and that's when you eventually catch up to the story. So, and he's been reading it every single day, right? So his goal, walk west, deliver the Bible. You find out at the end, he's been, he's actually, because he's read it so much, he's memorized the entire thing. Wow. He's memorized the entire Bible. And, and, and I just, like, I just caught this one line in the center of the movie. This girl asks him, what's that book all about anyway? Like, like what does your book say about what's going on right now? And he goes... It pretty much just says to love one another. Actually, no, what does he say? He goes, um, sorry, I said that wrong. <laughs> he goes, it pretty much just says, um, do unto others as you would have them do to you. He goes, that's pretty much what I got from it. And I was like, dude, that's deep. 
because there is so much in the Bible that you could get distracted with. And he goes, yeah, the basic, the basic sort of outline of it was be nice to other people how you want them to be nice to you. And I was like, that's awesome. Because like, that's probably not the, like the one sentence I would pull from the Bible, but that's pretty freaking close to like being <laughs> summing the whole thing up, right? As in what you should do in church and what you should do in life. Do unto other people as you would have them do to you. You'll find that there is so much corruption, horrible, horrible things in the world in sin through people treating other people as a means to get what they want. And the answer for that is treat them how you'd like to be treated. Do we do that? And especially do, they, do you do that to your other brothers and sisters? Do you really slow down and listen to them where that particular person is at in their particular story, in their life, in their family setting? Do you listen to them? Do you, do you change your answer to them? Because they are a different person. Do you honor that person? Does this make sense? Yeah. Sometimes we just give this like one sentence for everything kind of answer. Sometimes you don't even need to give an answer. Sometimes you just need to listen to people. I found that to be so damn effective. <laughs> like, like you don't have to like try and solve everyone's issues. You just open your ear and say, hey, I'm listening to you. Like, what's going on? Tell me about it. Oh, that's, are you serious? That sucks. And don't even say, I'm going to pray for you. Don't even say it. Sometimes it overwhelms people. Just say, oh, I just can't deal with that right now. Let them determine what you do, not you determine what you should do <laughs> because you've been through a certain experience. That's your experience. That's not theirs. See what love does? It molds itself based on the, the target, <laughs> the person. <clears throat> it doesn't have an agenda. The agenda is I care for you <laughs> and I'll do whatever I can to help you, no matter what. Does that make sense? Yay. Okay. So, I see this um, pattern in the Bible. What happens in the physical determines a spiritual reality. Like, it happens a lot. Right? I can't actually think of examples right now. I probably should have written them down, but I didn't. I'm sorry. Um, but I think Jesus kind of applies that same thing to the church and to evangelism. So that's why he says, love one another, because you've got to learn how to love your own family before you can go out to like a greater family out there, right? You've got to learn, like especially, actually it says um, in, I think it's 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy, um, an elder must have so, 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 and so um, qualification. And then it's, one of them is like, he must... Um, love his wife, his children must be believers, da, da 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 Basically, it's saying that if he doesn't provide for his family, if he doesn't look after his family, don't give him the church to watch over. That's what it says in, I think it's 1 or 2 Timothy, I can't remember. Basically, the family, your family life at home is a training ground for the church. And then the church is a training ground for the world. That makes sense? Start small, like everything in the kingdom, kingdom's a seed, and it grows to this huge tree. Start small, start with your sister or your brother at home, start with your parents, start with your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Love them really, really, really well. Honor them above everyone. Does that make sense? Then to the church, then to the world. I, I feel like that's the pattern that I see. Um, yeah. Okay, let's flip to 1 John 4. It's near the end of your Bibles. 
And I'm, I'm reading ASV if that helps. Sometimes at teaching night, when I'm preparing like a talk, I have to like think of the structure to like present the talk, right? Like point one, point two, point three. But sometimes God gives me a passage where the structure is already there and this is one of them. So I'm literally just going to read verse by verse and I'm just going to see how it goes. So starting from verse 7. 1 John 4 verse 7. <clears throat> Beloved, that's Christians, that's the church. <coughs> Beloved, <coughs> that's who you are. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. What are you doing? Singing. There's a, there's a, no, there's a Sunday school song for it. Oh, okay. I don't know that one. <laughs> you can sing it for you later. No, I won't. You can sing it now if you want. No, no. no okay. You've interrupted me. I didn't mean to. You caught me mouthing it. All right, guys. Love one another. Um, for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So being born of God, right? That means that you are a Christian. Simple stuff, right? You've been born again, you've been born of God and you know God. How do you know those people? How do you know when someone has been born of God and they know God in this passage? Because of the love they show. To who? To others, but especially in this passage here, in this, in this little sentence, one another. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Do you know God? Have you been born again of God? You don't have to answer that. Your life will tell me. And I'm not looking at you like I'm judging you, but I'm just saying, if you don't love other people, you don't know God. If you don't love other people, especially other Christians, you don't know God. Because God is love. Let's keep reading. Whew, just felt the room get heavy. Sorry about that. Um, anyone who does not love does not know God. That's literally what I just said, isn't it? <laughs> anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. So if you have this understanding, this theology of God, this like, yeah, I'm a Christian, I do this, I do this and do this. And you don't, it doesn't involve loving other people. I don't know which God you're serving, but it's not the God of the Bible. Because the God of the Bible is love. The God of the Bible lays down his own self consistently, continually, forever for other people that they may benefit and never makes a big deal out of it. He just wants to bless you. Do you do that to other people? Do you do that to your brothers and sisters? In Jesus, do you do that at church? Do you lay down yourself? Do you, <laughs> I got some examples coming, but I got so many examples, I'm gonna get through them all. Um, okay, sorry, I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to share this. If, if this gets heavy tonight, if you feel super convicted, if you feel like, man, I'm, I don't even know God, fine, but what I want to say is, especially if you feel either convicted or you feel like, man, I need to love more, that's okay, chill out, don't stress yourself out, don't burden yourself and overwhelm yourself. 
go and reflect on his love for you and go listen to the talk from last week if you didn't hear it because that's what it was all about. That's why I started with that so I could follow up with this. Go reflect on his love for you. Go and, go and understand that you are loved. If you're not loving other people, you don't understand that you're loved. Simple as that, I reckon. You just don't get it. You get that you, you're like liked or you're favoured to some extent, but you don't get that you're loved to a large degree, which you should. And once you see that, it, sh it should overwhelm you in whatever way that looks like for you, and then it will flow out to other people. I guarantee that it will. But there's still this push from the Bible, right? Let us love one another. It's, it's a command. Let us love one another. Let's, let's walk this path. It's not just going to magically happen necessarily, but let's walk this path, right? So, okay, verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. This is how John writes. He goes, in this, da -da -da -da, and then he, then he tells you what this is. So, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world. So the love of God was made manifest. It wasn't just a concept anymore. It wasn't just an idea. It wasn't just a theology. It wasn't just a philosophy. It became manifest. So you could see it with your eyes, touch it with your hands and understand it like you could understand anything else. It became manifest. It became real. If you read the, the beginning of 1 John, he actually invites you into that. He goes, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have touched with our hands, we're going to share with you. That makes sense? So... The love of God made manifest. So if you're struggling to understand what love is or you want to love more, you've got to dwell on whatever this is. Um, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. That's what love made manifest looks like. That God sent his only son into this world that we might live through him. Because Jesus laid down his own life that you would benefit. That's love. That's the depth of love. I'm repeating myself from last week, right? But I really want you guys to get this because there's many definitions of love out there. But the definition of love that um, the Bible gives is that God sent his son. God sent his son in order that you might benefit, that you might live through him, right? Isn't that what it says? That you might live through him. So he lost something so you would gain. He laid down himself so you would come up. And he lost a lot so that you would gain a lot. I'm just trying to show you that there's, there's a bit of pain in this. It's, it's actually really inconvenient to love. Like I'm telling you to love one another, love other people. It's actually going to suck. It's going to really hurt you and annoy you. <laughs> it's going to be like super inconvenient. Like Jesus being sent to this world was not convenient for him in any way. <laughs> Does that make sense? Hey guys. <laughs> um... Jesus. And I'm not saying that you have to go out of your way to inconvenience yourself for the sake of inconvenience, but I'm saying you care about someone so much and you care about their life so much that you would go to, to no end to make sure that they are okay. That's the inconvenient love of God. It hurts. It's supposed to be so that you, you, you might lose something. You care about someone so much that you don't, you don't get the chocolate, they get the chocolate. <laughs> Bad example, but you know what I mean. They benefit, you don't, but you get joy over that because you care about them so much. That's the heart of God. And we should be like that for one another. All right, keep reading. Verse 10. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is like our sins were taken away, not just forgiven, removed completely, taken away. Um, verse 11, I think that's what that means anyway. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. See, God is the, is the, the demonstration of how you should be. It's so simple when you break it down. Like it's how he is, you should be. At the end of the day, it's really that simple. How he acted, you act towards other people. All right, verse 12. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. <coughs> no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. It's cool because like this might come across as like such a burden to you. Like, oh, frick, I've got to love other, pe other people now. It's really not like that. You pursue God. You know God. You walk with Him in relationship. He fills you with His love. Then you just pour that out. Mm. It still hurts you. It's still inconvenient for you. But He'll give you the path to do this. You just got to step out and say, you know what? Yes, I do need to love my brother and my sister. I do need to love the family of God. I'm not doing it right now. I'm kind of here for me. I kind of come to get revelation. I kind of come to get my own relationship with God sorted. It's really a trap. <laughs> Anything outside of love is going to leave you trapped. I promise. All right, verse 13. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. God comes and lives in you. Crazy. Verse 16. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. If you want to know that your relationship with God is in the right place where it, where it is right now, as in wherever you're at right now, if you're wondering where you, if you're walking good, if you're walking strong, are you abiding in love? Are you walking in love? See, see, I'm just tying those things together because God is love. You have to connect the, how you treat people with your relationship <coughs> with God because it's one and the same. We think they're different, but they ain't. Just so you know. <laughs> um, like that one, Jess? <laughs> but they ain't, yo. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. It's so funny, hey? Oh, thank you. Um... <laughs> Verse 17, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. That's a crazy verse. As he is currently, so also are we in this world. Why? Because God is love and then we can walk in the love of God. It's really quite simple. Hey, like all, all these verses, if you just break them down, it's really just saying God is love and we should be love. That's really all I want to say. We just don't do it. We do it to some extent. This community is pretty, pretty good. <laughs> but we could be better. And I want to be better. I want, us to I, want, I want people to walk in here and go, man, this is a family. I walked into some sort of family Christmas event here. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. Do you know what I mean? Anyone ever, anyone ever walked into a church like that and be like, whoa, yeah. this is a family. What the heck? These guys are like actual brothers and sisters. Like, I, I don't think I ever really have to that point, but I'm, hopefully we will one day. <laughs>
Anyway, Jesus. Um, verse 17. Oh, wait, I just read that. Sorry. Verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever, whoever fears has not been perfected in love. You being freed from fear and you walking in love is a sign that love is being perfected in you. And, and how cool is that? Love is being perfected in you. It's not like you're supposed to be perfectly loving people right now. No, it's being perfected in you as the love drives out fear in your life. So you're scared of having these awkward conversations with people and being a bit uncomfortable and being a bit put out there and no one's talking to me and like no one asked me about my day. I've been listening here the whole time and you just, you're scared of these, these, these like FOMO and all this crazy social weird stuff. Sorry, what's a FOMO? Uh, fear of missing out. Like okay. if two parties are on, oh, you knew what it was, right? No, I genuinely, I was like, it's a FOMO. Oh, okay. Like if two parties are on at the same time, you're like, oh, what should I go to? I'm such FOMO right now because like I want to go to both. Sorry, it happens to me all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just assume everyone else is. Okay. That was good. Oh. Yay. <laughs> um. Yes. Anyway, there's these social weird fear, awkward moments, right? That drive us. The awkwardness drives the drives the conversation, drives the drives how people talk to each other and relate to each other. That's fear. That's not love. Perfect love drives out fear. Does that make sense? <laughs> the more God you the more God you walk in, the more of God you get to know him, you walk in him, the more you'll love people, the more fear won't just be a thing anymore that drives you. And contaminates your relationships. Fear will just be driven out. That's what love does. Drives out fear. Keep walking. Uh, keep reading. Sorry. Um, uh, um, what? Say again. Keep walking it out. I thought someone's gonna say like Johnny Walker. You know that? Like that? Uh, oh, yeah. I can't keep walking. Wow. Okay. Tough crowd tonight. All right. Uh, verse nineteen. We love because he first loved us. We love because He first loved us. Let God define love, not the world. Seriously, I can't say that enough. Because the, the world has its own definition. Right now, what's really popular on Instagram and social media and all that sort of stuff is this fluffy love. It's so popular. Like the quotes on Instagram, just like love, live, laugh, happiness is life. <laughs> just like, that ain't love. Huh? That would sell millions of dollars. I like that. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like it's this fluffy kind of just airy fairy, just like everything's good. Every, everyone wins. It's all good. Love you, brother. Peace. It's like, there's so much, there's so much goodness in what you've just said, but that's not the fullness of love. Yeah. Like the love of God cares about other people so, so, so much it hurts. That's love. Yeah. You guys know what I'm saying? Yeah. It cares so much that I'm pretty content with putting myself on the cross, going through excruciating pain, having the wrath of God poured out on me so you can have a life in Jesus. That's what it looks like. I'm pretty content doing that. That's your God. That's your God. See, lo the, the love that someone has for you is not measured by the words they say or the things they even do really, but it's by how far they'll go through their own pain and still be with you so that you might benefit. Does that make sense? Childbirth, right? <laughs> 
not 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 a pleasant experience from what I've heard. <laughs> Seriously, but you go through this incredible pain and, and like inconvenience for nine months. Like you, you, you're vomiting every day and you like, you can't have alcohol or sushi or something and you lose, you lose your, no, apparently not. Yeah. Cream cheese. Um, you, you could, you, you, you potentially lose your job. Like, like if you're pregnant, you know what I mean? Like, and you go through this all, and you can't sleep and you've got cravings and you go to the toilet every five minutes. It's super inconvenient. And then the actual, to top it all off, the cherry on top is that birth can go for like three days. You can, <laughs> apparently, the baby cries, doesn't, doesn't give you any benefit. Next 18 months, you don't sleep. You don't sleep. Like, it's so inconvenient, right? It's so inconvenient. But you chat to people and you go, what's the best thing in life? Yeah, my children. It's like, what? Where did that come from? Legit, because people, people, people understand they get that it was totally worth it and apparently even your body like the female body like actually forgets the pain that it went through so it can have more children yeah you actually forget like kind of removes the i don't know how it works but that because people would be like why would you do that ever again but like you do so anyway um does that make sense like it hurts it really really hurts to love people and when that and, and that i mentioned this last week but when that baby comes out it doesn't matter who they are doesn't matter what they do like good parents, they love them no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's love. You don't. Exactly, and they don't. They don't benefit you at all. They don't give you anything really at all. They might give you a cute Instagram photo every now and then, but that's between vomits and pees and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Like and sleepless nights. That's about it. That's all they really give you for a long time. It's so super. Not true. <laughs> really? Okay. Sure, I know. I'm sure it does. Like, I'm not saying that that stuff doesn't happen. I'm just saying it's... Yeah, from what I've heard, it's pretty bad. As in... No, no. Okay. Huh? Inconsistent. I mean... There are these really bad periods. Yeah. There's really bad moments. Okay. But they're covered completely by the really good moments. Wow. By tiny good moments can make you completely forget that. Okay. So good. That's beautiful. But I think, okay, tell me if I'm wrong. No, tell me if I'm wrong, Kathy, but your joy in that moment comes from nothing that you get as a benefit, but because you're just delighting over your child, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I mean. As in, yeah. you don't get a benefit from them. They don't, they don't provide an advantage to you in like a, in like a business kind of sense, right? No. I'll trade you this, you give me that. Yes. They don't do that. <laughs> they can't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But you're, you have such, I, I fully agree, you have such joy because they're just your child and you love them. Yeah, anyway. All right, guys, come back to me. Sweet. Um, yeah. Is that an issue? What did I say last week? I can't remember. Okay, sorry. Making fun of him. All right. Um, verse 20 verse 20 this is the verse I read out before if anyone says I love God and hates his brother he is a liar he doesn't lie sometimes he's not kind of lying he is a liar if anyone says I love God and hates his brother he is a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen uh, love uh 
cannot love God whom he has not seen. That's that physical, spiritual thing, right? How you treat other people in the physical is exactly representing how you are with God in the spiritual. Does that make sense? If you can't love people physically who you can see, there's no way that you can love God and know God who you cannot see. It actually starts here to some extent. Well, it starts with him, you and him, then it then flows out to other people and that shows, your life shows uh, what you and him have walked through together. Does that make sense? Yeah. How you treat other people. Do you put them before yourself? I'm repeating this over and over again. I really, I really want to sink in. It has to sink in. <laughs> um, verse 21. And this commandment we, we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. He just kind of sums it up. Whoever loves God, you must also love people. Can you see the connection? Mm. There is such a strong connection because people are made in the image of God. You cannot say, I love God and hate the church. I love God and hate organized religion. I hate God. I love God. Sorry. <laughs> I love God and hate Christianity. It just doesn't work for me. I, I, I love God, but people just really annoy me and frustrate me. I'm just going to walk by myself. It doesn't work like that. You're saying, I love black, but I hate black. I love food, but I hate food. It's like you, love and God and people, that it's, it's all the same thing, right? It's all the same thing. You're contradicting yourself by saying, I love God and hate people. Mm. People are made in the image of God. Wow. Yeah. And actually, what was that verse before? Um, it was... Verse 12. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So no one's ever seen God, right? No one's ever seen his physical presence, his ab absolute manifestation. But he's saying, if we love God, God abides in us. So you can actually see God through other people because he's abiding in you. And we're supposed to see others the way Jesus sees them too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and Jesus says this thing. He goes, I can't remember where this is, but he goes, um, long story short, how you treat the least of, the, of these people, how you treat the least of these people, like the cripple or the person in jail or the person who's sick or this person, that person, sorry? Oh, really? Should we go there? Okay, that's awesome. You guys can look it up later. I'm not going to go there. We don't have enough time. But how you treat the least of these people, the most annoying, most frustrating, most socially awkward people, how you treat the least of these people, that is how you treat me. Wow. There's like no difference in his eyes. Paul, sorry, Saul of, of Tarsus is riding to Damascus. Jesus shows up in a blinding storm, knocks him off his horse. And Jesus goes to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? How you treat people is exactly how you treat God. He, he sees no difference between him and his people. We're the body of Christ. He's the head. If you attack the body, you attack the head. <laughs> that makes, there's no difference. There's, a, there's an intimate connection there. There is no difference. How you treat other people the most annoying, most frustrating people that you don't like hanging around at all, how you treat the least of these, right? That's what he says, the least of these, the people that everyone else shuns and they, they sit in the corner by themselves, no one talking to them. How you treat that person is how you treat Jesus. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Jesus, okay. Um, okay. Look, long story short, if you don't love people, then you don't know God. If you don't love people, then you don't know God. How do you love people? 
Like they're actually, there's so many Christians in my life. There's so many role models that I could follow. So many. The ones I really try and align myself with and get around is are the ones that treat people with incredible respect and value and time. And they could just sit there and listen to them all day. I want to be like that guy because he has something that many, many Christians don't have. He's, he's walking in love like I've not seen many people do ever. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, I don't want the guy who's healing everyone on the street. I don't want him unless he's doing that out of love. <laughs> unless he's walking in such love that he would spend all, all day talking with someone just to uplift and value them. Do you know what I mean? So that's what Jesus would do. That's what he would actually do. I swear, like every city he went to, me and Jackson were talking about this today, every city he went to, he went there to preach the gospel, right? He went there to, to, to share the message. He didn't really go there looking for the sick. He would just go there and find people and the sick would kind of be brought to him. And then he would, then he would heal them because he loved them and he had compassion on them. Yeah. But he just went to, he just went, he just walked simply. He just, he had a task, preach the gospel to all creation, right? And he would just walk and do that from city to city and then just love people along the way. And whatever, whatever task you've been given, whatever job you've been given, whatever, wherever you're called to, that's the same for you. Just go and do your task. And along the way, you're going to meet lots of people and every single one of them, just love them. But in particular, love and maybe even practice loving people at church. Go and chat to someone that you don't know and it makes you feel super uncomfortable. You'll probably find it goes a lot better than you imagine. Usually does. We just build it up in our head sometimes. Usually the fear of the thing is much worse than the actual thing. That's what usually happens. It's really not that bad. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now. I struggle with this as well. But like, I just want this place to be so welcoming. So welcoming. So lovely. So lovely. Loving <laughs> and lovely. <laughs> uh, it's a new word. Um, copyright, Nath, 2017. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I've got some examples for you because I feel like practical examples people can really relate to. I've got so many. I'm going to read them all, but we'll see how we go. All right. We say, okay, guys, you want to be so impacting on someone's life that they say, hey, what's different about that person? And then what we do is, because we don't love other people sometimes, is we go, we go out there and try to be impacting rather than trying to love people. So we're trying to go out there to make an impact. So people go, oh, that person's different. You need to go out there to love people and then you will impact them more than anything you can imagine. Because wow. people are, everyone's searching for love. Every, everyone's waiting for that encounter. <coughs> people are searching for someone who genuinely actually listens to them, values them and upholds them. People want, everyone wants that. I want that. <laughs> it's rare. It's so rare in the world. Um, all right. Okay, I feel like this is, this is a potential weak point for our community is that we can, I'm not going to make a blanket statement, but we can potentially drift towards being all talk sometimes. Okay, mm. just, just take, hit, hit me out. Because talk, talk is really cheap. Yeah. Talk is very, very cheap. You can say so many amazing things about God and Jesus and healing and all these crazy things, right? But talk is super cheap. So if someone comes to this, um, this teaching night or worship night or whatever, but, and they're not Christian, they've not been in an environment like this before, 
what they will do, I'm pretty confident because I did the same thing, and I think most people do this, right? Without even thinking about it, they'll go, I wonder if what they're saying is actually real, and then they'll determine whether it's real or not by how the people there act. Seriously, everyone does that. You go chat to someone who's like not been to church in 30 years and they go, oh, it's just full of hypocrites. Mm. They didn't even talk about God. They talked about the people at church. No. They go, so why don't you worship God? Oh, I just went to church for a while, but people were just like super horrible to me and just spoke about me behind my back and it was just crap. Yeah. I didn't ask you about people at church. I asked you about God and you said the people at church treated you so, 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 and so. Yeah. <laughs> see, people out in the world, they don't, they don't see a difference. They, they go... Christianity is determined by how the people at church act, right? So I've seen people come to teaching that before who, I, who I've never seen ever come back again. Seriously, it happens. I, I don't take it personally. <laughs> um, otherwise, I would destroy myself. But I, really, I, I do wonder, do they think, oh, these guys just all talk. Like, it's just, all, oh, wow, God, amazing, Jesus, wow, wow, wow. But then there's actually no, nothing really amazing about what's going on here. Like, it's just not that, it's just like hype. Yeah. I'm not saying it all is, but I'm saying we can drift towards that sometimes. That's really just good. be careful of it. Um, all right. We see someone out in the world. This is another example. We see someone out in the world and we feel we've got to go up to them and share Jesus with them. And if it ends up being a conversation where you end up sharing the whole gospel, that was a good conversation, right? <laughs> but what about honoring people and just listening to them? So I, was, I, was, I went for a walk yesterday with um, my wife's family and it was awesome, beautiful weather. And I saw this family and it was just like this dad and his mom, like they're just young and they're hanging out with the little kids. And like part of me, I feel like it was kind of like a sort of religious side of me was like, oh, I should go up to them and share Jesus or share, should share something about whatever. And then, and then kind of the love side of me <laughs> took over and was like, how about you just go up and share with them what you would love to hear if you were them? And I was like, I had to think about it for a second. I was like, um, okay, what would I love to hear? And then, because the kids were like screaming and crying and just being like kind of brats and stuff. And um, <laughs> I was like, I feel like if I was a parent, I would really genuinely love if someone came up to me and said, you're doing such a good job as a parent. I can see that you seriously care about your kids. I reckon like your kids are so privileged to have you as a parent and just walk off and say nothing else. Wow. Like any, any parent would be like, who the heck was that? But sometimes if you go up and just go, hey man, I just want to tell you about Jesus and da 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 da. And it's just like, that's great. Like you're sharing the gospel. It's awesome. But did you really think about the person that you were, that you were going to speak to and what, where they were at, what they were thinking about? So I just, I, sometimes I just feel we, we slip into this like religious mindset. Of just like, it's got to be this. It's got to be this. It's got to be this. And like, sure, absolutely put the gospel in there if you can, if you see an opportunity to do that. But as long as it loves people and honors them and up uplifts them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Iggy, do you mind if I share that story you told me about that Aboriginal guy in the city that you spoke to? And do you remember that one? Yeah, uh, Red Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you kind of spoke heaps. And he was like, um, bro, I wish you listened to me or something. Oh. Do you want to share it? Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Ralph. Huh? Ralph. 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 T- tell me about Ralph.
And um, and so yeah, he did that. And he said, dude, normally like I'll share something, and then you share something. Like he started a conversation. Um, and then which turned out that like he just wanted to share and just talk. Yeah. <laughs> and so for basically three to four times a week, or three, two to three times a week, um, every day for maybe six months, I just sit with him and um, listen to him talk about everything he wanted to talk about. I buy lunch, um, we sit down and eat lunch together because I wanted to feel like progress. Like I'm buying him a lunch, thanks I'm buying Christian. I just bought lunch for myself or lunch yeah. for him. We'd sit down and eat some food and he just talked to me. And I'd share Jesus when I got the opportunity. Wow. Yeah. Dude. Wow. That's awesome. That's so cool. I love that, man. It's that's uh Yeah. I want more, I want more of that, hey, cuz that that was inconvenient for you to do that like every week, a couple times a week for 6 months. That's super inconvenient. <laughs> it's way more convenient to go up and give like a one-liner and walk off. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But that you cared about that guy and you just listened to him. And like as if that guy's not thinking, "Wow, this guy's been listening to me two or three times a week." Hear me ramble on about some crap. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Hear me ramble on about something for six months. <laughs> no. Be honest. No. <laughs> nah, like it could be amazing stuff. Um, as if he's not thinking, wow, this guy actually genuinely cares. He doesn't have to keep sitting down with me every time. He doesn't have to do that. Exactly. That, that's, that's a slightly open door, I reckon, in his heart. Oh, this guy is actually different. He actually cares. Like, that's how people react when there's genuine love. Yeah. They go, oh, what the heck? You don't have an agenda. Yeah, you, just, you just care about me. Yeah. What the heck? Most people just come up and give me a track and walk off. Mm. Legit. Yeah. They want me to come to their church and then, I don't know, take my money or something. I don't know what they want. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm just saying people, people think like that, I reckon. Anyway. Um, all right, another example. We're talking with someone and they share how they're going. And you immediately hit back with what God's been teaching you and how that should help them. I do this all the time and it's really bad. Um, like honestly, that's fine sometimes, legit. <coughs> but lots of people just need someone to listen to them and value, and, and value them. Mm. That's it. Like we go, oh dude, that's, that sucks that you're going through that. Like honestly, God last week was teaching me this, this and this. And like just, you just start sharing your revelations and it's just like that person has to go, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're going great, but like I said, I'm going crap. So. <laughs> Did you even hear that or not? You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you don't, gotta, you don't have to fix it. No. I've had to learn that the really hard way. <laughs> I'm such a fixer. I think a lot of guys are fixers. You guys know that? It's like girls just want to usually be heard and uplifted and just valued. They don't necessarily want an immediate fix. I've had to learn that the hard way. <laughs> um, I have. I've, I've, I still struggle with this to, that, to this day. Um, and guys usually want to give the answer because usually guys get a lot of breakthrough through a certain answer or a certain like revelation or knowledge. But girls usually don't work that way. I'm not saying it's everyone, but usually they don't. Um, yeah, like, how about we just listen to people? <laughs> I just keep saying that. How about we just listen to them and just go, like, just think about what would they want to hear? What do they need to hear right now? How can I build them up? How can I encourage them? It might be saying, can I pray for you? It might not. Sometimes in this community, we, we get a little bit like uh, overly, not religious, not the right word, but just like overly <coughs> focused on something. We go, oh, sickness, pray. 
It's just like, okay, slow it down. <laughs> slow it down. Like, I, I know some, some people have said to me, like, it, it kind of breaks me a little bit. They go, I don't want to share that I'm sick anymore because I'm sick of people praying for me. Like, that's, that's a reality. People are actually being, like, a little bit hurt and disappointed by the constant prayer. And it's like, are, are we hearing that in people's voice? Like, it's a, of course, it's a great thing to pray for people. You, you get what I'm saying here, right? I'm not saying this is wrong, this is right. What I'm saying is, listen to them. Love them. Love that person. Okay. Okay. Did you speak to that family? No, I didn't actually. No. Yeah. I, Sorry. I know. It's just a thought, literally. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't feel condemned that I didn't. <laughs> but I just was thinking that as I walked past and I was like, I felt those two sides in me and I was like, yeah, I would much prefer to, to do the second one. Yeah, anyway. Maybe next time I'll see them. I'll go up and speak to them. Um, another one. We go to church or worship and we're all frothing and on fire for Jesus, but then we get home and we're yelling at our family and treating them like crap. <laughs> Who here does that? <laughs> Haley, my sister. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I do that. It's like, okay. My, my old youth pastor said this to me once. He was... When he was a teenager, when he was a teenager, he would go to youth group and then come home and get in a fight with his dad or his, or his brothers and sisters. And his dad said to him, he, his dad wasn't a Christian, he goes, you guys go off to your youth group and you do all your holy things and all this stuff. Then you come home and, you come home and treat each other like crap. What the heck's going on with that? And he was so convicted. He was like, oh my gosh, I'm such a hypocrite. Yeah. But like how you treat your family is generally how you like are going to treat the church and how you're going to treat other people and how your relationship with God is going like it, this stuff counts this stuff really matters <laughs> and usually our family is who we can be most short with because we've been with them for so long they've seen all the crap that we've done it's just like I don't have to pretend to be someone I'm not anymore I'm just going to be crap to you <laughs> I'm just going to be tired and not in the mood and sick and whatever sorry not sick but you know what I mean like just like, and then someone else walks in the room and like, and they're not from your family and you just put in a whole new persona. <laughs> it's like, hey, how you going? But like five minutes before that, you were just like tired and angry and just, dad, what are you doing? <laughs> See? <laughs> we all do it. You're laughing because you do it, Chloe, right? Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to point you out. You hate that. All right. Um, another example. We go out and we start ministries or we plant churches to do the mission of Jesus, but often because that's what we feel like we should do, or that's what we that's what we want to do full time as a job, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than being driven by love for people. See, we go out. I've got to do the ministry of Jesus. I've got to go out and spread the gospel. I've got to go and make disciples of all nations. I've got to go and heal the sick, pray, uh, raise the dead, cast out demons. Right? It's like slow down, bro. Slow down. Yes, that stuff will come as you go, but you must go in love. You must go because you care about people and you want people to have a good life. That's got to be your motivation, that, that they benefit. Because if you don't, you will go out and you'll build a kingdom, but it won't be the kingdom of God. You'll build your own kingdom and then that kingdom will come crashing down because it wasn't built on the rock. Because you built it out of your own selfish motivations. Even if it looks holy. A lot of, a lot of evil stuff looks really holy. That's what gets confusing. So the devil masquerades as an angel of light. <laughs> It looks so right, looks so good. It looks so attractive even, but it's evil because it's not love. Wow. Without love, it is nothing. If you want to start a ministry, if you want to be in ministry full-time, if you want to go and pastor people and lead people, learn how to love your family. 
Then learn how to love the church. Then learn how to love the world. Just love people. <laughs> love people. I wonder how many times I've said that tonight. Like a thousand. Focus. Yeah, thanks, Ange. <laughs> um, all right. Here's a good one. And I will preach on this soon. Like I'll do a whole night on this. But we're, we try and get into a relationship with a guy or a girl because you feel like you'll finally be alive. You'll finally be living when you're in one and the person becomes a means to your happiness rather than you viewing them as someone to pursue God together as you both learn to deny yourselves and bless the other and finding true joy in that. And we do the same thing with kids. So it hit me when I was like 16. I was like, okay, I don't know why I thought this way, but I just did. I was like, I said this to my dad actually. I was like, dad, I'm only alive because you and mom thought it was a good idea to have kids. So I'm just a product of your own desire. And I was like, that, that sucks. Like, I was like, that's as far as I could say at that point. I was like, there was no like selflessness that I could see from their end. I was just like, you just did this for your own selfish ambition, even though they've laid down literally the whole life. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? We go, oh, it'd be so lovely to have a family. It'd be so good to have a family. And it's like, you're thinking about the blessing it's going to bring you. And then kids come along and that's they're, they're, they're hard work. And like Kathy was saying, they're not a disappointment, but they're hard work. It's a lot of inconvenience. <laughs> Sorry? No, no, you, you said that. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Because the thing is, you know a lot more about parenting than I do, so I fully respect you. Yeah, I was literally frozen just then. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, moving on from parenting stuff because I'm going to get buked again. All right. Um, now, let me just say, on the topic of relationships and kids and family and lots of stuff, desire isn't bad. Like, your desire to be in a relationship, your desire to get married, your desire to have kids, it's not a bad thing, right? Yeah. Of course, you can desire all these things, but as we're in them, we need to learn to love others as more important than ourselves, to find the joy and contentment that was designed to be found within them. Does that make sense? The true joy and true contentment of marriage, the true joy and true contentment of uh, parenting, I'm pretty sure, although I don't have experience in this, is when you deny yourself, give it, you lay down your own life and you bless other people. And then you see those kids or that person benefit. That's where true joy is found. Because it's finally not rooted in you anymore. <laughs> finally not rooted in your circumstances going well. Finally not rooted in your emotions feeling happy all the time. It's finally rooted in other people and in God blessing them mm. that way you can actually never ever ever be disappointed <laughs> you can never be let down because it's not about you anymore okay <sighs> okay here's another one we want to be up front at church or we, and we want to have our story told to thousands of people or see the dead raised or whatever and we hold all these things up but we ignore or we put down the person who's living a quiet life, loving a small unheard, sorry, um, loving a small unheard of people group. Could you say that again? Yes, I, I, I wrote it bad. Um, so all, all the, the hype things, right? We want to be up front. We want to have our testimony told to millions of people. We want to have like amazing legacies, see the dead race, all these like wow things. We want all them in our life. And what we do is we uphold those things but we, we don't uphold or maybe we even speak down on the person living a quiet life, like just like selflessly loving other people around them. Mm. Like we make this huge deal out of this amazing big church doing all these incredible things, 
but that um, like that incredible small church with six people in it, no one even hears about or even really cares about. Uh, I'm not talking about a scale kind of, uh, kind of thing. I'm talking about like we get wowed and the wow factor sometimes drives us rather than like like uh, being driven by love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Does that makes sense. I, I worded that bad. I hope yeah. you get what I mean. Um, okay. Okay, we say, as an example, we say, man, I hope you had the best day, legend. You're amazing. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> it's funny reading my own notes. Um, but do we actually think that stuff about people when we're all alone and not in front of them? Yeah. Okay, so you know what I mean, right? Yeah. We say, man, you're amazing. I, lo- I love you. I appreciate you. Bless you, man. You're so good. Like, I really hope you had an amazing day, amazing life, amazing whatever. Um, do you genuinely think about that person when no one else is around and there's no pressure to say that or think that way when you're on your own in your bedroom going, wow. man, I really just hope Jackson's having an amazing day today. Yeah. Father, I just bless him in Jesus' name. Yeah. Just like, yeah. I just pray his business is going, you know what I mean? Little things like that. Do you actually care about people when you're all alone and the, the social stuff's not there confronting you yeah. to basically make you speak like that? Because that's the yeah. culture here, right? Yeah. Do you care about them when, when the doors are closed, yeah. when you're all alone? Because that's what the love of God does. Yeah. Yeah, God's constantly thinking about people. Yeah. <laughs> He's never not thinking about people. He's just always thinking about people. Mm. So you should have people pop up on your heart. Yeah. You should. Like, if you're walking closer with God, you should have people pop up on your heart that you care about, mm-hmm. that you want to see prosper and flourish mm. in life. All right. We talk to the easy, comfortable, socially confident people at church and worship, but we so easily ignore the quiet people in the corners who are much harder to speak to. That's not cool. That's so not cool. Because if you ignore that person and treat that person differently, that's how you treat Jesus. Mm. That's supposed to hurt because that hurts me so much. (laughs) It really convicts me. It's just like, man, I find that person so hard to talk to, but I still want to love and honor them. Because that's, that's, Jesus says, how you treat them is how you treat me. Mm. Um, wow. We rock up late to events at our own convenience. We roll our eyes when someone calls us that we don't want to talk to. We put on the appearance of caring about someone else when we're actually not deeply invested in many people's lives. We wouldn't know much about what's going on in many other, in many other people's lives sometimes. Um, badly worded again, I'm sorry. But we do all these things. It's just like, it is self. It is just like revolving around you, what's convenient for you, what fits with your schedule, what works with you. I'm not trying to say you're a crap person. What I'm trying to say is how you treat other people is how you're going with God. Truly. Do you genuinely love people, especially the people that are very, very hard to love? Do you love people? And if you don't, go seek God on this stuff, please. Please go seek Him on this. Say, God, what? I know I should love other people, but I genuinely don't. I actually find them super annoying, very difficult to deal with. They frustrate me. They inconvenience me. I'm super over it. I can't stand them actually, but that's not your heart. Teach me God. Now that's a good prayer. Any good father would say, absolutely, I'll teach you. Let's go. (laughs) And you know what? Um, We can't do this for everyone. Like you might take two people out in this room to coffee, but you can't take everyone in this room out to coffee. That's too much. Mm. Sometimes, I think Angie posted on this a few weeks ago, you were like, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Is that you that said that? Yeah, Yeah. Luke told me about that. That was awesome. Um, Just like communication. Um, 
You, you, you can do anything with Jesus, but you can't do everything. And in even Jesus' life, you can see this. Like there was times that he was so crowded by people that he went off by himself up to a mountain to pray. He wasn't trying to do everything all the time, overwhelming himself, right? So here's this story. This story is so simple, so silly even, but it's so impacting for me and I think about it all the time. Okay, it's, I think it's a made-up story, but anyway, it's not the point. This grandfather and his grandson walk to a beach and this beach is covered in starfish that are being washed up on the shore, right? And starfish are going to die if they're not in the water. So there's literally tens of thousands of them. Like there's so many starfish, right? The grandson and, and the grandfather are walking along the beach and every so often the grandfather picks up one and chucks it back into the ocean. And he keep, keeps walking a few more steps, picks another one, chucks it back into the ocean. And then eventually the grandson goes, Granddad, what are you doing? Like there's literally tens of thousands of starfish on this beach. You're making no dent. And the grandfather doesn't say anything. He just walks, picks up another one, throws it in the water. And he goes, to that one, it made a difference. (laughs) To that one, it actually, it made all the difference. That one can live because I did that one thing. Mm. And we try and love everyone. We get so overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, the whole world's going to hell. Oh my gosh, pressure, pressure, pressure. And then you just get frozen. And you don't try and just love one person because like <laughs> at all it ever really needs to be <laughs> one person at a time. Just love one person. Just do one nice thing for someone mm-hmm. that inconvenience to or whatever. You know what I mean? Because it's going to make all the difference for that one person. It doesn't have to be this grand scale thing. I think we try and think of like global terms right now. We're like, Okay, cool. I need to love people. How can I love the whole world right now? Let's go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a business that sends out online stuff to everyone in the world right now. It's just like, go, bro, stop. Go buy flowers for your mother. Start with that. Go and say thank you to your dad that he works so hard every single day. Go and thank the postman for doing his job so well. And even if he doesn't have a smile on his face, just thank him anyway. Thank him for doing his job. Start so small. Start simple. Every person you come in contact with, just think, okay, what can I say to this person? What can I do for this person? That would just really bless them. Mm. Just simple questions like that. That's the kingdom of God, I reckon. That's the kingdom of God. (laughs) That's what Jesus does. Simple little things like that that love and build people up. So good. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. I think we're done. I think I feel good good times. Thank you. Jesus. Wow. Any questions? I think it's pretty straightforward, hey, just love people. (laughs) So can I, I've got one. So with with those situations where you have, like you're in church or whatever and there's that, you know, there might be a handful of people that are like, I'm so uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable talking to them. Yeah, it's great to like get out of your comfort zone and like just smash it out there. Yeah. But is there any example of, like, if you're uncomfortable talking to somebody, do you have any advice on being like, if you're uncomfortable, there's, there, there is a small step that you can take to kind of, like, step out and actually talk to the one and make the time for them? Yeah, what does that look like? If you, like, because I know, for personally, I know what it looks like for me, yeah. but I'm sure that I've, I'm probably not the only one that has that sort of thought of, like, oh, is this the right way to sort of go about stepping out and talking to that one? Do you want to share about what it looks like for you? Just give me an example. Uh, 
No, you don't. Well, I can, but I, 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 I was like, because you, 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 sure. you posed the question. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to share. So, if, uh, so for me, it's more about if I'm uncomfortable talking to some like somebody for whatever reason, I know, one, that it's because of my own fear for like why I'm scared of that person or why I'm nervous about talking to them or why they make me feel uncomfortable. Um, so it's more about being like, okay, well, if I'm uncomfortable, if it's a guy, then I'll bring another girl along or I'll bring a brother along and be like, hey, like, let's go chat to this person. Um, if it's like a silly thing, like, like, for, like, I'm, like, I'm being honest here, there were, there were times where I wouldn't talk to somebody because they smelt really bad. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I just can't, I, I, the smell, I cannot get past. <laughs> yeah. And you, you do, you laugh, but at the same time, like that's where my heart was at. And that was yeah. really like, so stupid. Um, that's something where I would be like, why would I, why would I think that that's a good enough excuse to pass up talking to somebody that clearly God loves? Yeah. So that was more like, there are kind yeah. of a couple of different ways. Like I'd kick it in the face personally being like, I need to get over my own mess and my own sort of insecurities and rubbish to talk to one person who's here for a reason. Like God has like got them on their heart and they've been highlighted to me for a reason. Because mm. if they sit in the corner and they don't want to be noticed and you notice them, there's a reason. Like go up and talk to that person. Yeah. If, you know, obviously if there's a gender issue and that's a concern for you, take another brother or sister along. Like that's something that I that I do, that yeah. I would do. Sure. Um, but I don't know if there are any other ways about it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that sort of has that highlighted, like, oh, I haven't really spoken to him before. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? I so mean, what does that look like? What do you, is yeah. there any other sort of... I mean, I can give my own, like, that's the thing. It's, I, think it, I, I feel like it is quite personal. Yep. So you guys will have to walk on this journey yourselves and, like, walk, walk on it with God and he'll show you how to, to, to deal with these situations as they come up. Me personally, to some extent, it depends on the person. Sometimes I do just have to suck it up and step out. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> Sometimes I have to suck it up and just step out and just go and do it. Sometimes I will, um, personally, I'll just walk past and I'll just wave to them and just walk out. Sometimes I'll just smile at them as I walk past them. Sometimes I'll pray for them in my heart and then walk out. Sometimes I'll, I'll go up and say, hey man, welcome to church, um, welcome to whatever. Just want to say hi, my name's Nath. Um, yeah, what's your name? And then just leave. Like, you know, I, I'll wait for them to say their name, then I'll... <laughs> um, but like, I won't make it this big deal. I won't make it this big, like, thing. I'll just be like, hey, I just want to say hello. Welcome you to the church. And um, yeah, just hope to see you around. Cool. And just walk off. And then just, I don't know, little things like that. And like, I feel like there's something like little social cues and awkward things that can happen. I just kind of refuse to give in to those things. Yeah. Like sometimes like in party situations, you get talk, talk, you get stuck talking to someone that you don't want to talk to, right? And you're like, crap, how do I get out of this? So you lie and say, I gotta go to the bathroom or like you pretend to take a phone call, like all these things. I don't like like letting those things have a thing in my life. Sometimes I just say, man, it's been so good to chat to you. I'll, I'll see you around. And I might even just go turn around and talk to someone else. I just, I, if we could make a culture like that where it wasn't weird for that, then sweet. And maybe that did offend them. I don't know, like it, that's the thing. It depends on the person. Um, but I, I just feel like, I try not to burden myself with this stuff because it becomes such a burden to me sometimes. So I'm just like, I get paralyzed by it. And I'm just like, oh, I didn't love them. I didn't share with them. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Sometimes I just, I just literally pray for them in my heart and walk out. Yeah. I'm just like, and I thank God that I have a care for them in my heart. And previously I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even thought twice about them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. 
I don't know if that if that helps, but like that's yeah. just me personally. But you guys will just walk on this on this journey yourself. But um, Curtis. Yeah, I read a really good book by a Christian author a few years ago, and it's about learning how to listen to people and how to like practical steps in, your, in that conversation and how to genuinely love other people and just honor them and respect them. And this book is called. It's called. It, it sounds a bit strange, but it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. It's Kenan's favorite book. Really. And so if you guys get some spare reading, it's a really good book to learn on how to like try and flow conversation and try to just love the people, not from like a, a deceitful way, but from just a loving heart and just trying to make things more smooth and just trying to love them. So cool. So how to win friends, influence people. A lot of yeah. people highly recommend. It's one of my favorite books. Yeah, it's bestseller. Hey. Yeah. The classic. It's awesome. If you got some spare time. Yeah, sick. Sure. Sick. Yeah. That's awesome. Really easy to read. And so if you struggle with reading, it's really easy to get through real quick. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. Um, anyone else? Any questions, comments, anything? Wow. Okay, cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for being patient and listening. And That's okay. Bless you guys. Have a great week. See you next week. Yay.